Welcome to the podcast that does nothing but bring good news to the masses. We're the feel-good podcast of um, our generation, I think, Laugh. I'm Gunner. Uh, Laugh, how you doing? Good, brother. How are you? I'm good. We're uh, recording very early on a Sunday today because you have to take a flight uh, out later. And... Um, and, I, and you work too many hours. You know what? <laughs> I, I didn't record any of it, but before we started recording, I just bitched for probably 45 minutes about how much I fucking hate what I'm doing for a living right now. Uh, so, but I should be grateful. I should be grateful. That would be the Christian thing to do. Well, it would also be the uh, capitalist income inequality view that you're supposed to have to conform to your position as a surf, right? Yes, yes. Uh, I'm being a very bad surf right now, and I feel terrible about it. Uh, it's kind of like the old meme, the beatings will commit, and the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit like it. You know what? I didn't tell you this before we started recording, but one thing that just sent me over the edge in my quote-unquote marketing job is someone who sits in a cubicle physically snapped at me and like told me that I need to learn this quicker. And I don't know about you, but I really hate being snapped at. That just bothers me so much. Yeah. Well, you know, especially when they're asking you want to learn something quicker than this. Um, Nowhere within your actual job description. Or my <laughs> realm of expertise or what I was hired for or why I met the company at the first place. Yes. Um, so I, in other words, be a better surf. Yeah. And I'm going to work on that. I'm going to spend today. It's Sunday as we're recording and I'm going to spend the day. I'm going to talk to God about it and just see how I can be a better surf. That's right. Because after all, you know, Jesus didn't come to bring freedom from the law and, and rules and yeah, he, slavery, but he came to put a bigger, you know, a bigger yoke around your neck. And that's right. Tie that boat anchor a little bit tighter to you before you fall off in the river, right? That really is the message. We need to be better slaves, not free. That's All right. right. Again, so we started with happy news. Let's get happier here. Uh, killer robots will be nothing like the movies show. Here's where the real threats lie. This is a um, article you sent to me from a website called uh, The Conversation. Am I reading that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and you know, it's funny because uh, this is uh, part of being a better slave, right? I mean, yeah. this is sort of my... <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess this is the uh, my my version of the vision of Cassandra. <laughs> In case you're not familiar with Greek philosophy uh, and 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 uh, mythology, but uh, yeah. So the the, the I know, you know the idea of Cassandra's vision is is that you see something that no one else sees, right? Okay, yeah. And uh, and that comes from um, sort of it goes all the way back to the Trojan horse, where. You know, Cassandra was one of King Priam's uh, children, I'm pretty sure. And when the Trojans thought the Greeks had fled, pulled the Trojan horse into the city, Cassandra said, burn it. You know, they, they, they had a great feast and everybody got drunk and the Greeks bailed out and sacked the city, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Um, it, Cassandra's vision sort of takes up from that. And, and, you know, in other words, you're seeing a nightmare coming. No one else can seem to see. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's kind of, you know, what we've talked a lot in the show, we talked about why 
people who are pissed off at government really should be pissed off. What what really is driving their anger, even if they don't realize it, what they really shouldn't be supporting and, and kind of what the blinders are over their eyes about what's really happening in the country. And, and you know, you've heard me say this before privately, and I think we've said it on the show a couple of times, but I've said all along that really what we're looking for, that the nightmare scenario is where the oligarchs, the super rich, can weaponize artificial intelligence, and then they don't need people to carry out their wishes anymore. Hmm. And then at that point, you know, everyone who's not a member of that group is literally just a rat in the landfill, so to speak. We just, we, we just become um, people, well, they probably won't think of us as people. but We, we just, become less than a commodity at that point because they no longer need our labor. And they no longer need to consider our wishes. They no longer have to fear our masses because now they have machines to fight for them. So we're right? ju- we just uh, eat up resources. Right? right. So then their utopian vision for a perfect world can come into being because they can kill off as many as they need under whatever guise they describe or ascribe to whatever theory by using killer robots, right? Yeah. Um, programmable artificial intelligence, and it's targeted towards basically making extinct anybody who's sucking up the resources or polluting the planet or just in the damn way. Of the utopia that they created for themselves and no right, one else. Right, because those, you know, a couple hundred people plus their breeding stock, uh, you know, <laughs> is really all they need. Well, there are some parallels there to Nazi Germany then, aren't there? Because that was their goal to get rid of the undesirable elements and reproduce amongst themselves, right? It's, it's similar in a sad way because it's, it's you know, we, you know, uh, Higher education talks about the concepts of utopia and dystopia, utopia being perfection and dystopia being bizarro world, right? Some perverse form of perfection. And, you know, we talked about, uh, you think about 1984 and the Orwellian state. And, you know, you and I mentioned not that long ago, a show or two back that, that I'm currently in my daily career involved in some very, in-depth privacy litigation where in my work in that case, I've just become terrified by understanding just how much um, companies know about us through our use of the internet and use of our electronic devices. Right. So I can only imagine what the government actually knows about us. Um, So you're, you're, we're setting up a world where, a machine can predict what we're going to do better than our we can in our conscious mind. Yeah. A machine knows more about where we are and where we're going to be based on historical <clears throat> patterns of travel. And a machine has probably mapped our family tree mm-hmm. of everyone we have any personal relationship with of any substance. It knows. And so, uh, <laughs> and so once you have uh, a soulless, conscienceless machine given a task to go and eliminate this lineage, um, 
you know, it simply becomes a matter of executing a program, right? So what, what happens when someone becomes a political opponent of that type of power? It's kind of like the old, you know, uh, you know, the old mob movies where they say, you know, I'll kill you and everybody in your family. And then they actually go do it, right? You know, it's the same thing because it's like um, when they want to destroy dissent, it's simply a matter of tapping the data they already have on us and literally eliminating everyone that we know, including us. And not a whole lot you can do about it because this is not like uh, the mob hiring one assassin or the movie where the Terminator shows up and wants to kill every Sarah Connor in LA and there's 12 of them. Like they can do this simultaneously. They can execute an order and like every person on that target list can be hit at once. Well, and with the mob, so I assume I've never been involved with the mafia, but like it, it always seemed to me from the movies that um, you kind of opted into the lifestyle and took on the risk. I'm sure. Right, right, that, right. That, yeah, you, you definitely uh, somehow or another made some conscious decision at some point to become part of that. There was a consent um, at somewhere, but the consent now is that we all use cell phones. That's the only I, consent. Yeah, or, or the internet. Either or the, well, I mean, and how do you not in, in 2022 use the internet? And um, it is getting smarter and smarter. And you, and you can see, I, I, I'm sure we've all had this um, moment where we, where we just think of something and it appears as an ad. Now, I'm sure we did something else. We put in some data to make them give us that. But uh, it, it, I, think, I think you said on one of our previous ep- episodes, it knows more about us than what we know about ourselves. And um, especially Facebook. And, uh, yeah, well, and, and you know, and, and I mean, <laughs> here's the thing that's kind of crazy is, uh, you know, we were, I was looking at um, like the Federal Wiretap Act, um, which basically makes it a crime to intercept any form of electronic communications and it expressly says, but it also makes it a uh, civil offense, right? You have a private right of action. But the funny thing about it is, is it has a specific exemption that says, except for the federal government. Oh, how nice. And that was, that was added during the Patriot Act. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the good old Patriot Act, you know, we, we had uh, some terrorists acts uh, back on September 11th, and there's been nothing that contributed to the loss of freedom and privacy and confidentiality in this country more than the Patriot Act. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Laugh, but uh, like that's the whole Edward Snowden kind of debacle, isn't it? Or at least kind of stems from that. Absolutely. What, uh, what Eric Snowden exposed is... <laughs> um, what he exposes is that, that the U.S. was spying on its own citizenry, right? Its mm-hmm. own population, Americans. You know, we, we thought that we were authorizing all these things for a quote-unquote war on terror. But we also authorized federal government to, you know, instigate 100% surveillance on our entire population, just like we were communist Russia or China, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, 
you know, the thing about thing about that I think is it's hard for the average person to comprehend. Data doesn't decay. Hmm. It, it, it simply accumulates. And so, you know, under your federal government data file, right, everything they've collected on you over since 2001, you have a giant profile of data that's being added to more or less constantly, right? Yeah. And companies like Google and Facebook and Amazon and Oracle and some of the others and data brokers are adding to your profile daily every time you interact with your device. And and that data doesn't decay. Like they, they take that data over that period of time and, and all it does is create a more complete picture of who you are. When we take this next step of, of arming weapons uh, that operate autonomously, it, you know, like I say, once those weapons get sent to eliminate enemies, there's very little chance that, that you would be able to hide unless you were willing to throw down your cell phone, pay cash to someone to get you to at least another very isolated, very remote part of the United States, of which there are a few, mm-hmm. but most likely to another country even. And you can make that trip without your name ever hitting anything that resembled any type of electronic format. Like you could never, like you'd have to have someone help you make that transfer without yeah. sending any email, making any call, sending any text, um, sending any message through any system they thought was encrypted. You would literally have to go electronically silent. But even then, I would wonder if, like, so my the way I unlock my iPhone is through it scanning my face now. <laughs> well, <Right>. you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you're saying that's a bad thing to do because yeah, it, so yeah, you've essentially given every every <laughs> just fucking every <laughs> malintended company in the world your biometric data. So okay, well, yeah. good for me. Well, then don't do that, listener. I'm already fucked. But yeah, what I was thinking it it just occurred to me as you were saying that even if you did try to go off the grid. Um, if, if you have to evade every camera, right? <clears throat> yeah, um, that's that's my point. Is, um, you, there's so much oh that you would have to, to deal with. It's like um, you know, most people in the, don't even understand. Um, the, the, people talk about going off the grid, and for most people they can't even comprehend the effort it would take to do so. Right. Right. Yeah. How are you like getting, it, like it's, it, it's literally, um, you know, there, there are companies that are every day scraping social media 
for every image they can pull down. And they're trying to match those images to worldwide databases of like passports and driver's license. They're, they're trying to build a photo identity biometrically measured database of every person in the world they can identify. And they have the storage space to keep it all, too. You know, back in the day, that used to be one of the concerns is you couldn't possibly keep that much data. Uh, That's right. But now, you, you know, now, now we think nothing. You, you know, I'll give you an example. When I first started practicing law in, in 1998, I started my whopping, my practice with a whopping investment of $65,000 to start the practice of law. Of that $65,000, $20,000 went into my office network, which consisted of three work terminals and a server. Mm-hmm. The server cost $15,000. That server lasted me for a decade, and I had to replace it, and I replaced it with a server that had 10 times the storage, 50 times faster, and cost $1,000. Yeah. And now, uh, in my desk drawer, I have a drive that I do my backups on mm-hmm. that uh, costs $100 and has 1,000 times as much storage as my second server. That's insane. And we're to a point now where you can get a uh, SIM storage card that goes into your phone that has a terabyte of storage. A terabyte. A terabyte. Right. Um, and, and it's hard to, you know, if people don't understand computers and, and memory and space, but something the size of a SIM card from your cell phone, which most people are familiar with, now has, um, you know, as much storage space as, um, let me see if I can. Uh, it's well more than what than the computers that launched the first space shuttles. I mean, that goes without saying. Um, yeah, we, we went to the moon much, much less as far right. as technology. So, um, you know, Dropbox has an FAQ that says, a, a terabyte today gives you as much storage um, as 16 64 gigabyte iPhones or Galaxies uh, or four 256 gigabyte Windows or Mac top lap books. Um, and now they say individual external hard drives go up to often start at one terabyte, which used to be. Uh, I, I, oh, it used to be outrageous. The first time I saw one, I was blown away. And now they have terabytes, uh, extra hard drives going all up to 32 terabytes. So here's some stats. One terabyte is equal to 250,000 photos taken with a 12 megapixel camera, 250 movies or 500 hours of HD video, or six and a half million document pages, commonly stored as office files, PDFs, and presentations. That's equal to 1,300 physical filing cabinets of paper. So one terabyte is one million megabytes. Right. Um, You know, six and a half million pieces of paper. Six and a half million pieces of paper. Enough paper that probably one office could not store it. And 
Yeah, I mean, and 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 now it's on a SIM to, card. To give you some idea, I've got a copier sitting beside me that doesn't get nearly the level of activity it got ten years ago, right? I mean, it's it's, it's a dinosaur by today's technology standards, but um, I think I have printed a hundred thousand pages in a decade, mm-hmm. and and this is. A gigabyte is six and a half million of those pages, right? Which is crazy. So, and I, we think that like the internet itself really, I mean, I, it, it was around a lot earlier than when it became popular, but I think 1995 would be kind of a year that everyone probably had access to it one way or the other, whether it was a library or not. Um, and, and consciousness of it also is yeah. <laughs> So you know, I'd say 95, probably fair, you know? So 95 to 2005, that's 10 years to, I'm just doing the math to see how long the internet's been around, uh, to, to illustrate, um, uh, so about 30 years, about 30 years. Less. Yeah. So in that time we went from just, just almost nothing. And also almost no, no Ram random access, uh, access me- memory, which is what runs programs to now that we're terabytes are just flowing around like nothing. So what's it going to be in another 30 years is the point I was trying uh, to, another, uh, you know, we're on the edge of quantum computing now, which it takes you to s- scales that are unimaginable for most people. Um, and, and, and so, in addition to that, you have things like IBM's Watson, which studies all of this data, right, and, and sort of assimilates and makes decisions. And that's what we know about. And there are systems behind the scenes that we don't know about that are being employed by governments and, and large companies that they've not even told us about. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, the point being is that by the time you have private people weaponizing their own drone armies. They're also going to have the access to enough data, like I said, to eliminate their enemies in one swoop in a matter of moments and a synchronized attack across the globe, right? It just is Skynet. It just is. Um, it's actually, I think, honestly, worse than Skynet because what we're talking about here is individual malevolent actors or corporate entities being able to eliminate thousands or tens of thousands of people in an instant just because they decided that it was time to make their move for power or politics or petty jealousy. It occurs to me, too, as you're saying that, that we may be coming, and I know you've probably told me this in so many different ways, but we're coming to a point where individual corporations and people will be more powerful than governments that is the, the, the that's that is sort of the point of this story is that while we piss around with each other about whether the Cheeto Republican is an asshole or not, <laughs> um, we are literally missing the biggest picture, which is that the truest malevolent actors are what most of us, if you. Uh, what some sophisticated entities might call a cat's paw. Um, they're the ones who control the power, but they are behind the scenes. They're the ones who travel in the shadows and who are never really known, 
but wield actual power. And, and that's the people you should be terrified of. You know, someone with Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk money has the power to influence not only the events of any particular state, but the world, if they so choose. Right. The Cambridge Analytica story about the 2016 election and what Cambridge Analytica did in a number of, of poor countries through psychological warfare on Facebook, swinging elections against groups and handing power to their chosen collaborators, um, it should be terrifying. Yes. And, and we have no focus on this right now. No focus whatsoever. Uh, probably on purpose, you know, uh, and keep everyone down in their phones watching TikTok, and then the rest of the world kind of does what it wants to, right? Uh, yes, and, 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 you know, honestly, I think, and I don't know where we are in time, but I think maybe what we, we may need to break this into two we, yeah. points because we've kind of, we haven't really even talked about sort of the nefariousness of the killer robots themselves. Well, yeah, let's... But, we're, you know, we sort of like, the point of it is, is it's, it's, it's important to see how these pieces wrap together to get a full understanding of what's going to, what's being done to us. Right. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, you do have a good sense for the time because we're running up on about 26 minutes right now. So let's do a two parter, um, more good news. Of course. I mean, killer robots are coming for you, but all you have to do yeah. is be conscious of it, I suppose. Um, anyway, um, I, I, we have, we have enough time for me to ask this question and then we'll end it. Uh, can you contrast, like, cause when I was growing up in the eighties and nineties, you know, your, your billionaires were, um, Steve jobs or maybe not even Steve jobs at that point, but it was Bill Gates. Uh, gosh, Warren Buffett. I, I I'm trying to remember who the big ones were then. Um, do you have any con contrasting opinions between those billionaires then and these billion, almost tr trillionaires now? Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, to, uh, here, world's billionaire list from 1996. Bill Gates, 18.5 billion. Warren Buffett, 15 billion. Um, Paul Allen, 7.5 billion. He was Bill Gates' partner, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't even see. Um, Silvio Berlusconi. We became a politician in Italy, five billion, right? The Merck family, pharmaceuticals, five billion. Um, just look at Steve Ballmer, who I think had something to do with Oracle, maybe three point seven billion. Um, Rupert Murdoch, yeah, three point two billion. Okay, um, you know, let, let me just give you the contrast. Twenty twenty one. Uh, billionaire list. Um, so Forbes actually has 2022's list. So let me see if I can give you like current numbers as to Elon Musk, 219 billion. Bezos, 171 billion. 
the Arnault family, fashion retail France, 158 billion, Bill Gates, 129 billion, Warren Buffett, 118 billion, uh, Larry Page, Sergey Brin, 111, 107, Steve Ballmer, who was at 3.7, 91.4 billion. My God. Um, so Zuckerberg, 67 billion. So here's the difference. Goddard. This is the, the primary scary difference. In 1996, when Warren Buffett had more than he could ever spend in the rest of his life, possibly he was at 15 billion. You know, he's now at, uh, you know, 118 billion. So his, his wealth has grown 10 times in 25 years when it was already obscene. When it was already obscene. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that answered my question and it made me want to drink at 730 in the morning. <laughs> so, on, on that happy note, uh, we will wrap it here because uh, we're going to uh, do a two-parter here. So uh, uh, Laugh and I are actually going to keep recording, but the, you will hear this um, a week apart. You know, so anyway, uh, back with killer robots and more good news just in time for the holiday season. Uh, I'm Gunner, that's Laugh, and we'll be back with part two of Killer Robots Are Coming For You. Or do we want a different name? Can you think of a different name? I should name this. <laughs> that, that, that sounds like a pretty good one. All right. <laughs> that's what pisses you off about them, right? <laughs>